Hello and welcome to the Sky You Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go away you fur. With me this week is Andy, GopherGuy05. Apparently a guy goes on vacation for a week and the whole blog shuts down. Steve, Zips of Akron. All I want for spring is to see the Gophers in the NCAA tournament. And you street. Hey y'all. Uh, I just want to let you know right now that if it snows nine inches in Cincinnati, uh, they shut down everything. The world shuts down. All streets are closed, and it's very disconcerting to a Minnesotan. Uh, that's how my life is going. I would have, you know, immediately transitioned to basketball, but you know, despite the fact that they beat Purdue like a week ago, and that was a good win, um, we're all, you know running around with our heads cut off, and since this team doesn't want to shoot the basketball well, I've decided to point both Steve and Street in the direction of talking about the bubble. So who wants to lead me off? Well, if the streets are all closed, Chris, how do you get to Skyline Jilly? Well, first of all, I eat um, chicken Caesar wraps at Skyline Chili. Uh, and second of all, I mean, I could walk. There's one like, I don't know, third of a mile away. Okay, so it's not all bad. I don't know if it's possible to blow a bigger raspberry at both parts of that answer. <laughs> well, I mean, the only thing worse than eating the the, the Caesar the Caesar salad wrap would be the Skyline chili. <laughs> the chili itself, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk bubble. Um, <laughs> Don't want to think worse about. than eating, you know, than than taking heroin is heroin laced with fentanyl. I'm not really sure that that's buying the point that it's a good idea to do heroin to begin with. Yeah, well, you clearly haven't had any Skyline Chili uh, three-way, so let's just uh, move on, Alex. How's that sound? That might be the worst sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get back later, later on, I want to get back to the fact that apparently we have a closet Skyline Chili fan and it's not me. The person who lives in Cincinnati. <laughs> well, yeah, you'd know better. Uh, the the thing that if if Gopher Nation, if Tom were here, that he would point out every discussion about the bubble is that as bad as your team is doing is somewhat irrelevant to a point. As long as the rest of the world is doing worse, it's a relative situation. So practically speaking, the Gophers' record is as follows. They have, or they were tied as of yesterday. That might be changing tonight, but they were tied as of yesterday for the most wins against ranked teams in the country. They have at least three more opportunities on the rest of the schedule to get another quad one win. Uh, Were they to win all three, uh, that would include beating Illinois. It includes beating Indiana. This week, it would also uh, Penn State, which inexplicably is currently a quad one win. So if they got those three, it's hard to believe that there's any universe in which they're not making the tournament, even if they don't get to four wins. I am rather skeptical that they will win all three of those games, though I'd be thrilled to be proven wrong. So the quad ones are there, and they don't have, as of yet, any bad losses. And in fact, if the Nebraska game is not rescheduled, it is impossible for Minnesota to have a bad loss with the remaining schedule they have. That also goes in their favor because other bubble teams or other teams that they're competing with still have the opportunity to lose a game to a team that they definitely should not lose a game to. And that's going to matter a lot. It is still the case, as it was at the beginning of the year, 
that on paper this is an NCAA tournament team and it would be a disappointment if they did not make it to the NCAA tournament and it is also the case at least as of our recording so Tuesday February 16th the Gophers completely control their destiny to get into the tournament what is your impression Steve? Yeah, I don't have quite a grim of a view of the bubble as you do, I don't think. Or at least uh, our definitions, perhaps, of what the magic number is, quote-unquote, might differ. Um, I see, you know, five games left, win any three of those five, and you're in. And I call safely in as thinking you're going to be a 10 seed or above. Once you get into the 11 seeds, it gets a little dicier. But... You know, you mentioned that they got a few quad one uh, opportunities left. Of their five remaining games, potentially six, but let's say five right now, four of those are quad one opportunities, which means the worst you can do um, with those five is pick up two quad one wins on your way to getting those three any which way. So, you know, you got Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern, Penn State, Rutgers. Let's say you're, the three you get out of those, the bottom three are Northwestern, Penn State, Rutgers. That's two of your three coming from a coming coming from a quad one. So you add those up. You finish the season with three wins. You're at what nine and ten in the conference, and you're sixteen and ten overall. I mean, you're in. I don't I don't see any other way of of slicing or dicing that one. Now um, it would be great to be playing for seeding purposes by the last couple of games of the season, um, but. Like you said, they currently control their own destiny. Um, and the maybe even better, working for the Gophers' favor, is that three of their five games remaining are at home, where they have only lost once to their seemingly impossible opponent, uh, Maryland. But otherwise, they have rattled off wins against two prospective number one seeds and Iowa. Um, so they're formidable at home. And it's at least looking like they can still win at home because they just picked up a win at Purdue or against Purdue just last week. So um, have they forgotten how to play basketball? No. Have they forgotten how to play basketball at home? No. Um, They haven't learned how to win on the road, which is a real problem, but there's still a couple more opportunities to pick one one of those up. And they still have a few more games at Williams Arena where they are still picking up games. So I still like their prospects. I still think even if they go two and three down the stretch, you're talking about holding your breath on Selection Sunday, which is not an awful position to be in if you just want to see these guys in the tournament at the end of the year. If they if they only win two, but the two games they win are the next two, I think they'd hold their breath but probably be on the right side of the bubble because the Illinois win would be really good. The other point that you mentioned to add even a little bit more of a wrinkle to it is when they next play indiana they are playing a team that is also currently safely in but on the bubble side of safely in like minnesota rutgers is probably going to be in a similar situation penn state might be in a similar situation and so minnesota also has an opportunity if they win games again controlling their destiny to also knock several other teams either out or put them behind them on the S curve, and that's the only thing you care about. This is not a question of can you outrun the bear. It's a question of can you outrun the person you're with when the bear is chasing you. Ooh, I've always liked that analogy, Alex. And I'm glad you brought it up because I never get tired of the bear analogy. I'm always here for bear facts, as is well known on this blog. I am terrified of bears, much like Chris is apparently terrified of eating skyline chili. <laughs> Yeah, I 
I think Rutgers is safely at this point. I don't, don't barring a, another collapse. I mean, they did lose five games in a row this year, so let's not put anything past them. But they seem like they're on their way to being uh, locked in. Penn State, I think they are now on the outside looking in pretty substantially. I mean, they've just they're four and nine in the conference, seven and ten overall. Um, got a lot of opportunities to pick up some of those key wins, but they're running out of daylight, and frankly, they haven't been a very good team lately. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, they are. Um, they are potentially switching places depending on how hot they get down the stretch. But we both said it now. The good news is that they can still uh, stem the tide and do themselves favors just by, by simply winning games. They're not playing their way back into the tournament by any means, at least according to the pundits. And by just the simple view of the landscape currently in college basketball, the bubble's not uh, necessarily strong, and they have not crept onto that um, to the to the to the lip of the bubble quite yet. What is unfortunate, I mean, again, this is a team that should make the NCAA tournament. On paper, it should make the NCAA tournament. After the excellent start they had against the most brutal schedule run, turns out Michigan State sucks, but apart from that, the most brutal schedule run that we actually recall in our uh, not incredibly old, but not very young lives, the... That gave a situation where you go, oh, maybe this team, you're competing for potentially at the top end, sort of a, a three seed, get high top 15 kind of team. They've lost a lot of very winnable games. Uh, the most recent being the loss at Rutgers. I can't say that the loss at Maryland was a game that was, oh, it was super winnable and that when you spot a team 19 points in the first half, you deserve to lose that game. In fact, they brought it within six with a couple minutes to go, notwithstanding. However, the loss to Rutgers, the loss against Maryland at home, where again, inexplicably, or I guess very explicably, because this is the worst shooting team I've ever seen, uh, that wears a University of Minnesota jersey, that is. I've watched some very bad seventh grade basketball over the years. But at least at the college level, the worst shooting team I've ever seen. So in some sense, you know, explicable. But those two losses, if they're wins, we're not even worried about the bubble right now. We're having a conversation right now as, you know, what's the best path? Would you rather be a four seed playing the 13? Would you be a 512? Which sets, you know, that kind of, that'd be the conversation we're having. So yes, the situation of thinking, oh, they're on the bubble is a disappointing perspective from being a fan. And I think it's also fair to want to blame you know, the team, want to blame the coaching staff, I don't know, Mike Grimm, whoever, for the situation they're in. And I think in some sense that's fair. It's the nature of being a fan. But it is important to recognize, at least now, I mean, they've put plenty of opportunities as a University of Minnesota team to blow this. But at least at the moment, they are in the NCAA tournament. The season ended today, they'd be in the NCAA tournament. And sometimes I think there is an unnecessary negativity that is masking itself as realism, that it would be really good if people could just sort of universally cut that shit out for also, uh, just for some fun um, peripheral metrics right now with their bubble resume, they have the 11th strongest strength, uh, strength of schedule, according to Ken Palm, and for the NCAA net, which giant grain of salt here because Colgate is still number 11 in the NCAA net ranking, so let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But they have the uh, sixth strongest net uh, SOS. So 
Um, I think we might, by playing this strong, hard schedule throughout the entire year, um, you get a little jaded thinking that they're, you know, you look at their overall conference record, six and eight, and you're like, wow, that's not very good. But keep in mind, they're playing all their games against, a, you know, a, a conference that has 12 of the top 13 strongest schedules, um, you know, in the country. So you're playing really tough teams night in and night, night, in and night out. And we, it's, it's important too to step back and just remember that that says a lot. I remember we were thinking about what year was it? Uh, was it two years ago when they um, ended up as a 10 seed playing Louisville in the first round? But we thought they were a complete bubble team that year, and it turns out they weren't even close to being uh, left out of the out of the field, given that they were a Big Ten team and just had a had a strong strength, uh, strength schedule and a good resume. So um, still time. I think we're both in agreement there, but uh, still some work to do as well. Andy, am I right that every year every single SEC softball team makes the NCAA tournament? Not every year, but uh, but multiple years. Yes, they. Uh, I think. I think the last couple, at least, uh, at least thirteen of the fourteen, or something like that. But pretty much, yeah, they're almost always all get in. Yeah, well, cool. So I'm gonna just note, not only echoing my compatriot Steve here in that the Big Ten mattering thing, but also as a general point about, oh, shall we say, comparing records. One of the things that's also true about bubble teams and this year, but also thinking about a body of work, is that it's very easy to be like, oh, this person had X and such record, that person had X and such record, without considering the competition they're playing. In COVID times, with the number of cancellations, one, uh, there's no way the NCAA is actually going to use the net rankings. That's a load of crap. And part of the reason, frankly, is the same reason why currently Penn State is ranked so high in Kempom. It's there is a very unbalanced resume across the country. Lots of teams have not played games. They've had to miss games or the team themselves have done fine. But someone else has run into a problem because we are playing in a pandemic and everything is stupid. Which means that it becomes very hard to evaluate those unbalanced schedules. It also, therefore, means that I think this year, more than anything else, it helps to win the games. The Govers have not done that. Again, if they had beat Maryland and Rutgers, we would not even be worried about this conversation. So you got to win the games, obviously. But when you get into the situation of, oh, well, how strong are they? It's always compared to what? And Minnesota, more or less every game, is playing a team that's going to make the NCAA tournament for the same reason I asked Andy. It isn't the case that basically every year the worst SEC team in softball makes the tournament. Yeah, it's because the SEC is just way better at softball than any other conference. The Big Ten isn't quite at that level in basketball, men's basketball, but it's not far off. And that's something that would benefit the Gophers. It would benefit them a heck of a lot more if they won the games they should be winning. Which brings us back to shooting. But before we could go off on that tangent and just find ourselves angry, I'm going to run away and uh, take it over to Andy. Andy, what the hell? Um, so you play Notre Dame the first time, get swept. You play Notre Dame the second time, you sweep Notre Dame. I'm assuming that Motsko taught them some lessons about how to break, uh, break down a team that wants to clog up the ice. Because... I mean, I didn't get to watch either game, so for me it's kind of just like, uh, I mean, I'm happy. Was just expecting something a little tighter. 
Well, I mean, it, it was tight. I mean, it was a pair of 3-0 games, and, and the Gophers added a late empty net goal in the in the Friday night game, so really it was 2 nothing because the empty net goal, I think, was scored with like .02 seconds left or something like that. So, I mean, they, they were tight. Notre Dame did play a fairly tight defense, and, and Minnesota had to find their shots to get through. Uh, the first goal that opened things up Friday night was a was a Sammy Walker power play goal where he just sort of worked his way into the zone and and ripped off a wrist shot, sort of faking everybody out and, and scored and and uh, that that sort of eased things up uh, a little bit for the Gophers. The other goals they scored this weekend were a lot of just really perfect uh, tic tac toe passing or or the, you know a nice a nice tip from a shot from the point, doing things that they needed to do. You know they they didn't have a ton of. Uh, you know, breakouts, uh, you know, Notre Dame held them in check relatively. Uh, it wasn't a, a big skating up and down game or weekend. Uh, but once Minnesota got possession in the zone, they did things. They, they passed a lot better than they did when they played at, at in Minneapolis. Um, and that's what they did. They did enough. And, and I mean, when your goalie keeps all 58 shots out of the net and gets the first back-to-back shutouts against a conference opponent in program history, um, you know, that, that's not, that's not bad. That, that sort of helps too. I, I mean, at this point, I mean, I, I you got to feel pretty good about the Gophers. I mean, there's really no reason not to. It's a nice palate cleanser after Wisconsin. Uh, at this point though, like what are your expectations kind of going down the stretch? Take it as a, a you know, not a bubble watch, so to speak, cause that's not what we're talking about, but where do you think things are shaping up for the Gophers seeding-wise or anything else? Yeah, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see down the stretch. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we pretty much thought that the Gophers had the Big Ten on lock and, and they were going to pretty much cruise to the uh, to the number one seed in the Big Ten regular season title. And then they uh, shat the bet against Wisconsin uh, two weeks ago. And all of a sudden, the Badgers took the, the regular season lead by getting six points over the Gophers. And now, uh, after last weekend, Minnesota's back in front by two points after their sweep and Wisconsin split with Michigan. So uh, with six games left for, for everybody, uh, well, I guess Michigan and Penn State still have some games to clean up for Michigan's COVID pause. Um, but the, the in reality, you're looking at pretty much Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan um, at, at the top of the Big Ten standings. The Gophers have a two-point lead on the Badgers, I believe. Let me pull up the standings here real quick. I believe they have a seven- or eight-point lead on uh, on Michigan, uh, but the Gophers still have two games left against the Wolverines to close out the regular season. So, yeah, Minnesota currently has a two-point lead. I, I take that back. They have uh, actually more than that. They have a 13-point lead on Michigan right now, but Michigan still has two games in hand to play. Um, so assuming Michigan gets six points that week, the Gophers are, are still ahead by, by more of a series. So to be perfectly honest, it's pretty much a two-team race between the Gophers and the Badgers at this point. Uh, Minnesota gets Michigan State coming in this weekend, in which pretty much is a, is a must-sweep. The Spartans are last place in the conference. Uh, the Gophers need to, to take it to them. Um, and, and then next weekend they travel to what's been their their absolute hellhole is they have to go to Penn State. Now Penn State's not nearly as good as they've been in, in past seasons, but Peggy Lice Arena has been the absolute uh, death of the Gophers in the last three or four years. So Minnesota's going to have to find a bare minimum way to uh, to get a split there uh, before taking on the Wolverines the last, last series of the year, and they, they may need a 
made to get a sweep. Um, Wisconsin has a relatively easy series. They have to play uh, one more series against Notre Dame, but they also get Ohio State and Michigan State, which is the last two teams in the conference right now. So, um, you know, it may take a 5-1 and one finish from Minnesota to, to lock up the, the Big Ten regular season title and that uh, first-round bye in the Big Ten tournament. Um, if the Gophers can go 5-1 and one down the stretch, I think they probably have a well, it'll be close. They'll have a, they'll have a fighting chance at, a, at an NCAA number one seed. For sure, they'll have a number two seed locked up, uh, or at least we assume. But you know, it it's it's going to be a little weird to be perfectly honest, because right now, if you look at the pairwise, there's one NCHC team in the, in the top sixteen according to the pairwise. That's North Dakota. There are three Atlantic hockey teams, including right now a six and two Canisius team would be a number one seed. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense because the pairwise the pairwise needs to have non-conference games because it's based on strength of schedule and strength of games against other teams. In this year where you've basically played no non-conference games, the pairwise is worthless. So why the NCAA had even said that they were going to potentially use the pairwise is an absolute joke because the pairwise has absolutely no seeding. I mean, if you compare the pairwise to the national polls right now, Minnesota, Duluth, St. Cloud State are in the top six in the country. They would not be in the NCAA tournament field if you use the pairwise straight up to help select your select your teams. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly what they do and how they use it for seeding and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot, to be perfectly honest, but... Um, the one thing we can we can confidently say is Minnesota is comfortably in the NCAA tournament. Uh, even if they would completely crap the bed here the last three weeks, they'd still squeeze in as a three or four seed. Um, so at this point, it's pretty much you're playing for, for Big Ten uh, regular season tournament, regular season championship, Big Ten tournament seeding. And if you can finish the season off with a 5-1 and one regular season record and, and make it to at least the Big Ten title game, I think you've got a fairly good chance at locking up a, a number one seed. I like having positive things to talk about. Those are good. I have a question, Chris. If it's oh, right. is this a – did Blake uh, telepathically give you a question? Uh, we didn't telepathically – give it to me no uh this is blake's hockey question of the week so uh, one of the things that we notice uh, and the university of minnesota mentioned it that they had a couple in the stars of the week so blake's hockey question of the week is andy is it better to be the first star or the third star of the week because the third star has more stars on the graphic it, it does have more stars on the graphic but in this case uh number one is better than number three uh you know you, you always want to be number one so number one number one is the highest ranking of the week so it's the highest rewarded spot but yes i can see how that can be confusing uh to to tear off of that i guess uh jack lafontaine was named the the big ten's number one star this week for back-to-back shoutouts uh sampo ranta who's currently number two in the nation in in goal scoring was the number three star of the week he had a uh, a goal in each of the Gophers wins this weekend. Um, and he keeps being on a tear. The problem is, is Cole Caulfield for Wisconsin is even on even hotter tear. So Ranta's 14 goals is, like I said, number two in the Big Ten, number two in the country. In a normal year, would probably be the favorite for Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, but he still is just on, on Caulfield's uh, coattails. So I think it's it's his uh, it's his award to lose down the stretch here, unfortunately, for, for Sampo. 
Uh, volleyball also had a big weekend uh, against Penn State, if I'm paying attention correctly, Andy. Yeah, the uh, the number five ranked Gopher volleyball team took on their toughest one of the, the uh, year so far, number eight Penn State. Uh, a reminder that as we're talking about strength of schedule and, and as ESCC is to softball and as this year the Big Ten is to basketball, the Big Ten also is to volleyball. Uh, the Big Ten right now, Wisconsin's number one, Nebraska's number four, Minnesota's five, Penn State's eight, Purdue is 12 or 13, Michigan's like 19 or 20. So, uh, yeah, the, the Big Ten is absolutely loaded in volleyball. Uh, and so far, the Gophers have remained undefeated. The, they they beat up on a couple of weaker opponents the first two weeks of the season, went to Purdue two weeks ago, and, and got a hard-fought sweep. Uh, and then, yeah, Penn State came into the PAV last week, and Minnesota did the same thing. Uh, they played really well on Saturday, picked up a 3-1 win, and then uh, had to fight. They were down 2-1 on Sunday, uh, but came back to get a 3-2 win. So they are still 8-0 in the season. Uh, the first time the Gophers have swept Penn State since 2000. Penn State is, is national powerhouse in volleyball. Uh, they've won several national titles in that stretch from 2000 to, to, to current. Uh, but it, it gets no easier for Minnesota. Uh, they get to take a road trip to Lincoln this weekend, so it'll be a huge couple of matches between number four Nebraska and number five Minnesota um, in what would normally be a sold-out 9,500-seat uh, arena in, in Lincoln for those games, and the crowd would be insane. Uh, un- unfortunately for Nebraska, they are operating under the same requirements, even though, you know, the state of Nebraska, uh, is not, it's a big 10 rule. So there, there won't be any crowd in the, uh, in the seats this weekend. Um, so, you know, Minnesota, uh, will have to play their game. They're getting some great play out of a pair of freshmen, uh, Taylor Landfair, uh, number one recruit in the country last year. She uh, had a career high 23 kills in, in Sunday's win. Uh, Melody Shaftmaster setter was the uh, big 10 setter of the week after the Purdue series. Um, she's looking like she's going to be another four year setter in the, uh, in the mode of Samantha Seeliger Swenson and, and things like that, that the Gophers have had. So, uh, they, they definitely reloaded with this freshman class. Uh, Stephanie Samity is playing out of her mind right now. Uh, she won the big 10 player, of the, uh, week award for the second consecutive week, um, uh, absolutely off. She won National Player of the Week after the Purdue series. Um, so yeah, the Gophers are really uh, firing on all cylinders right now, and it should be a uh, really good look uh, to see how they can stack up against uh, a Nebraska team that arguably will be uh, the second toughest series they have left on the schedule uh, until they play their home-and-home against Wisconsin in mid-March. So, you know, volleyball, thinking of volleyball in the spring season is weird, um, but they're not the only ones who have a spring season. Uh, some of them are actually spring season teams. Others are soccer. Uh, Andy, who do we got uh, coming up here, kind of kicking off their spring seasons uh, in the next few weeks? Yeah, the uh, the Gopher women's soccer team uh, kicks off play this weekend. Uh they are they are opening their season. It's a Big Ten only season, just like everything else. Uh, I believe it's uh, thirteen games. They they all open play against Nebraska on Sunday. The most interesting part about that is, if you haven't noticed, it's a little cold and a little snowy outside. Uh, so instead of playing at Elizabeth Ryle. Lyle Robbie on the St. Paul campus where they, they normally do. Uh, Minnesota's first three home games are going to be played at the uh, Recreation Wellness Sports Field Complex. So in case if anybody's not not familiar, um, if you go to TCF Stadium and you've ever parked in the Skyima lot and you're sort of heading 
down east towards University Avenue and you see the bubble, uh, that that is normally a, a recreation rec sports uh, intramurals bubble. That is going to be the uh, Gopher soccer team's home field, at least for the first three home games uh, through mid-March with the hope that maybe the weather will warm up so by the time they, they host their last three games at home at the end of March and early April, uh, they'll be able to play outside on their in their normal field. But uh, it, it's going to be a, a little weird uh, for the first couple of games, that's for sure. Uh, to go along with that, you know, that's that's the last traditional fall sport that's kicking off in the spring. Uh, but we are finally getting schedules announced for the traditional spring sports. Uh, softball had their schedule announced. They're playing, uh, I believe it's 44 games. Uh, they start not next weekend, but the weekend after. And they're going to be playing their first, uh, I think, four series of the year down in Florida. But it's going to be Big Ten only. So the Gophers open up with Maryland, Ohio State, Indiana, and Rutgers. And, uh, sorry, Michigan State as well. And all of those games are going to be played down in Florida. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly where in Florida. Uh, and then finally, hopefully, they're going to open up the, the what would normally be the normal Big Ten schedule as we get to the end of March um, at, at back up at the at home campuses. Uh, the Gophers aren't supposed to open their home season uh, until April 2nd when Purdue comes to town. So hopefully we'll actually have spring weather by then and, and they can get away with playing at home. Um we haven't gotten a full baseball schedule yet, but it's, it's pretty much leaking out that it's going to be about the same 44 games, uh, Big Ten only schedule. Um, we'll find out whether they're going to open play somewhere warm or whether they're just going to try and hope to play, um, whether whether they're going to try and play home games at U.S. Bank Stadium, I think is, is unknown yet. They're still trying to work out the details on that, but we should hear about that. Uh, but that sounds like that schedule is going to start sometime around uh, early March. Um, you know, as for, as for baseball, it probably doesn't matter too much. The, the big 10 is a, is a decent baseball conference. So, you know, a couple, a couple teams from the NCAA tournament will get no matter what softball, obviously, is, as we talked earlier, the SEC is a power Minnesota in the last few years, obviously one of the best ranked teams. They, I think the, the first full national polls come out this week, the Gophers are right around, uh, 20th or so in, in all the different polls. Um, but normally they play a fairly difficult non-conference schedule. They're playing a lot of the great Southern teams and Western teams and things like that. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be the case this year. The only other ranked team in the Big Ten besides Minnesota is Michigan, uh, and the Gophers will play the Wolverines um, in May. They uh, they will host they will host uh, the Wolverines at Jane Saints Cow Stadium in uh, in first weekend in May. So um, that really is going to be their only marquee series of this year. So they're going to have to go through the Big Ten and pretty much, uh, you know, lay waste to a lot of these weaker teams if they want to be able to uh, to impress the NCAA committee come uh, selections time. COVID, you're a gem. Thank you for everything. Uh, you know, Steve started us out with an unpopular opinion about food. I'm going to end us with a well i mean we're going to make predictions but i'm still going to end before predictions with an unpopular opinion about food uh little caesars is the best discount pizza prove me wrong that's right nobody yeah, proved me wrong can't. moving on to predictions you can't and ah. you shouldn't steve steve's got my back because he apparently has his own septic system All right. 
Um, do they win against Indiana tomorrow? Andy? Calbert Cheney, 81. Vashon Leonard, 69. Nice. It's funny you say that, Andy, because I have a Calbert Cheney Washington Bullets champion jersey from you know the mid-90s. I love Calbert Cheney. I'm learning so, so many very random things about him today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, does that uh, Calvert Cheney uh, Bullets jersey mean you're picking uh, Indiana, or where are we at? Uh, no, I'm not picking the Gophers. You can't. They haven't won a road game all year. It's not going to start now, unfortunately. They'll lose by 10. Street, you know, I know picking's not always your thing. What's What What do you have for us this week? Uh, it's correct. I don't make predictions about the University of Minnesota's basketball team, at least publicly. Uh, what I think the there are two key matchups in this game. The first, obviously, is uh, uh, Trish Jackson, who's incredible, versus Liam Robbins' ankle. Uh, if Liam Robbins' ankle is not good to go, and to be clear, he sprained his ankle, I believe, against Purdue. Part of the reason he was so miserable against Maryland is that he actually couldn't play and tried to fight through it. If he is good to go, and that means he's back to 100, then I suspect the Gophers have a chance, at least that's part one. If Liam Robbins is unable to play, they will need a nigh-Herculean effort from Eric Curry... Isaiah Enan, Sam Freeman, whoever they throw against the Indiana Lopos. That's one. The second one, because basketball is a very simple game, if Minnesota shoots like they did in the first half of the Maryland game, they will lose rather badly. If they shoot like they shot in the second half of the Maryland basketball game, uh, they have a chance to beat Indiana. And... Ain't that the story of this season from a Minnesota offensive perspective? Yay! Fucking shooting. To, All to, right. to, to go to go along with that, I mean, just I, I agree that it, it's obviously going to be the the key is going to be uh, Robert's ankle. If if and especially you know even looking further ahead to the Illinois game, uh, it's a home game. The hope is that the Gophers play well. But if, if his ankle can't go, uh, Cockburn's going to absolutely destroy whoever's going to try and guard him. Um, and so, I mean, it, it, it ain't going to be pretty. Uh, if, if you can get, you know, if you can get him healthy enough to go against Illinois, um, I mean, I think that's almost at this point a, a bigger game than the Indiana game, to be perfectly honest. <sighs> I just want to see them do what... Steve and Street talked about and just win the games they need to win and get in the damn tournament. Save us all the trouble. Don't make me have heartburn, is all I ask as a Minnesota sport fan, and I'm constantly let down. All right, everyone, stay safe, wear your masks, wash your hands, and next week we'll have hopefully good things to talk about for the basketball team. Fingers crossed. Go Gophers. Sky you ma. Row the boat.